Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of a Trophy Life podcast. I'm your host, Bob Rathbun, coming to you from Atlanta. And today, we're going to be speaking with one of the most accomplished players in the history of college basketball, Danny Manning, coming up today on A Trophy Life. It's brought to you by Warner, the official sponsor of the Warner Ladder Naismith Coach of the Year Award and the official ladder of professional contractors everywhere. Warner, the number one pro ladder. Step up your game with Warner Ladder. Go to stepupwithwarner.com to learn more. As a player, Danny Manning's resume is unrivaled. His list of accomplishments are what young players dream of achieving. An NCAA champion, consensus national player of the year, an All-America, number one overall NBA draft pick, an NBA All-Star, and a college basketball Hall of Famer. He won a national title as an assistant coach at Kansas following a remarkable run back in 1988, known forever as Danny and the Miracles as Kansas came from a 12-8 start to win the national title in Kansas City. My conversation this week with Danny Manning, our 1988 Naismith Player of the Year. It is a thrill to catch up with Danny Manning, who was our Naismith Player of the Year back in 1988 and uh, a part of basketball history that... Uh, will go on for decades after what he was able to accomplish, not only in that amazing run to the championship, but prior to that as well and since as a coach in college basketball. Danny Manning, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, thank you. How are you? Outstanding. Um, You know, we begin our conversation today, Danny. i got to take you back to when I was growing up in Salisbury, North Carolina. And when I was a kid working at a radio station, in Salisbury, they let me cover the Carolina Cougars in the ABA, and there I had a chance to watch your dad play for Larry Brown as a Cougar back in the ABA, and of course Greensboro, near and dear to your heart as well. So my recollections of the Manning family go way back, and a great time for you growing up in North Carolina. Absolutely great time, and that does go back. You know, the Carolina Cougars, um, the ABA team that played all over North Carolina was, you know, for me, wonderful experience. You know, I got a chance to go to practices at Guilford College with my dad, go to the Coliseum and be at practices, be at games, uh, be around pro players, and actually get a chance to know Larry Brown, who ended up being my college coach. So that was a great connection for me and uh, a wonderful experience with very, very fond memories. So, Danny, you played high school basketball up until your junior year in Greensboro at Page High School. Uh, Some remembrances, sir, if you would, about that junior year. You go unbeaten, you win the state title, and, boy, life was good as a high school junior. It was. Um, You know, my my junior year of high school at Page was a lot of fun. We had a very talented team. We had numerous players to move on from high school to college on scholarship, a lot of them football, a lot of them basketball. Um, Haywood Jeffries went on to go to NC State and play in the NFL for quite some time. Mike Foster went to South Carolina. John Newman went to James Madison. Mac Jones went to NC State to play football as well. Todd Ellis was on that team, and he went to South Carolina as a quarterback. Stafford Moser was on that team, and he went to Wake Forest 
as a quarterback. So we, we had a very, very athletic team, and um, it was a lot of fun that year. Coach Morris was obviously a terrific coach, a Hall of Fame coach in the state of North Carolina, and uh, it was it was a good group. It was indeed. And, of course, by this time, your father had uh, long since retired from playing professional basketball, but coaching uh, was next around the corner for Ed as he took a job as an assistant coach for Larry at Kansas, and the family moves all the way out to Lawrence, Kansas, and your senior year was played out in Lawrence. What was that like going out west? It was a very um, different and traumatic experience. I mean, we, we had a great opportunity for my father and our family for him to be a college coach at a Power 5 school at one of the better programs in the country, if you will. Um, but yet and still, for me, moving days before the start of my senior year was was difficult. And, uh, you know, I, I missed a lot of uh, things about North Carolina. But once I got to Kansas, um, it was completely different in the sense of how I thought it was going to be. The people were wonderful. Um, Jeff Johnson became one of my best friends and helped me with the transition, showing me around and making sure I was taken care of and had a, quite a few other people that I became very close with in Kansas. And my senior year was great. Uh, with the exception of losing the state championship. We lost the state championship game to a very talented Wyandotte team out of Kansas City. But other than that, Kansas was a great experience for me. Um, for the simple reason of the people in the city of Lawrence just rallied around Lawrence High. That was the only high school at the time in KU. And so we got a tremendous amount of support. And, um, you know, for me, I'm very happy with that decision of going to Lawrence, Kansas, and then from there, moving on to uh, the University of Kansas. Danny, I'm struck by the fact that, you know, you played high school basketball in two remarkable states. I mean, the legacy of high school talent to come out of North Carolina is really second to none. And then you think about Kansas and what you all did in Lawrence and how much uh, the game of basketball means in Kansas and, and in the Midwest um, what were the uh, similarities and maybe some of the differences between the two, high school basketball in North Carolina and in Kansas? Well, there are a lot of similarities. You're absolutely right. There's a lot of um, love for the game of basketball in both those areas, whether it's high school or college. And, and that was something that was very enjoyable, the amount of support for your team and for the other team that you would play up against in both places. I think the differences for me were um, in Greensboro, teams were probably a little bit deeper. Um, you know, when I was in Greensboro, there were four city schools at the time. And, you know, there were a few private schools, but private school basketball had not taken off the way it has now. And so the, the talent level in Greensboro was probably a little bit bigger. Um, Lawrence High was a huge school when I was there. It was the largest school in the state, I believe. And so we also had a chance to pull a lot of different players from, from, from our school. But over the course of, of a season, I, I thought that the Greensboro, North Carolina area talent was probably just a little bit deeper and probably had bigger players as well on uh, more teams in North Carolina than in Kansas. Then it was on to the Jayhawks. And we're going to focus a lot, Danny, on 88, of course, and, and uh, going to the national championship and winning it. But first uh, – your decision, of course, to, to go to Kansas was heralded, and your college career was one of the really the greatest ones 
um, that you can think of. I mean, your your play was exceptional. Not that you didn't have great teammates and great coaching, but it was really a special time in KU history in a very illustrious uh, program like Kansas. Yeah, my time in Kansas was a lot of fun for me, great experience, and something that I'm very fortunate and, and grateful to have. But, you know, you look back on the history of Kansas basketball and you talk about Dr. Naismith, the inventor of the game, being a part of the Kansas history, Wilt Chamberlain, JoJo White, Dave Robus, Charlie Black. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. And so for me, once I got there and started to soak up that energy and, and culture of Kansas basketball, it was a no-brainer. Um, you know, I had a chance to, to to go to campus quite a bit. Lawrence High and, and University of Kansas campuses are very close. And um, as a senior in high school, you know, my schedule was a little bit uh, more limited because I didn't need as many credits to graduate. And so, you know, I'd, I'd be up on the Kansas campus going into my dad's office or messing around on that campus um, shooting basketballs or, or whatever um, before the team practice. And so for me, it was a great segue. The 88 season was a remarkable one, um, mainly because you guys, you know, were the odds-on favorite to start the season. But then the injuries, Danny, were just crazy. And, you know, KU through 20 games stood 12-8. and eight. And, yes, you were going to get guys back, but everybody was wondering, would this Kansas team be able to put the pieces back together? Oh, absolutely. We started out the season ranked very high by a lot of different publications. And, you know, things happen. You know, we lose some guys to injuries. Uh, we have some guys that have been moved from the team because Coach Brown doesn't feel like they're a great fit. We end up going and picking up two really good football players that were all-state basketball players and Marvin Maddox and, and Clint Normore, and we just gelled. You know, every time that we were we were struggling early in the year, you know, Coach Brown would come in the locker room after every game that we lost and the guys were close, we're right there. We just have to tighten this up. We have to do this better, and then we'll be on our way. And, it, you know, you got to a point where it was just very frustrating for all of us because we, we believed that, but we, we weren't able to get the job done. And Coach Brown continued to tinker with how we played and continued to challenge us each and every day. And everyone on our team continued to buy in. And we got hot. We got hot at the right time. But, you know, I look back on that team and the, the basketball IQ on that team, on the court with players, and you look at the bench was unreal. You know, Kevin Pritchard, who is now involved with the Indiana Pacers as a GM. Milton Newton is assistant GM with the Milwaukee Bucks right now. And, you know, R.C. Buford was, was on that staff. Popovich had come through the years before. My father was on that staff of NBA experience. Alvin Gentry was on that staff who coached in the NBA. So, you know, the list just goes on and on. And then we had a bunch of guys that really cared for one another and wouldn't mind, didn't mind sacrificing for the better of the team. And I was a benefit of a lot of the sacrifices, but, you know, everyone on that team, we all had one goal, and that was to be um, as successful as possible and win a national championship. And actually the 1986 season kind of set us up for that because the seniors on that team, we had a chance to be a part of that 86 Final Four run that didn't end the way we wanted to. And so for us playing the 88 Final Four in Kansas City was kind of a, a chance for us to lock in and do some things better 
than what we did in 86, and mainly that was trying to maintain our focus because we knew it was going to be hard with all the distractions being so close to Kansas. To, the, to our university in Kansas City. You mentioned Coach Brown, and he certainly didn't want to tempt fate. I chuckle at the story that after you guys won the Midwest Regional up in Detroit at the Silverdome, Coach Brown brings in the same bus driver for you guys for the Final Four. Yes, Coach Brown had quite a few superstitions that he he, he, <laughs> he followed and, and thought very highly of. Um, but you know what? I mean, he's, Coach Brown is a Hall of Fame coach not only in the collegiate level, but at the NBA level. Won a championship in the NBA and in the NCAA. And he made us all better players. He made us all better people. And, you know, to this day, when I'm out on the court coaching the players that I get a chance to coach and share my experiences with, I'm finding that I'm saying more and more things that Coach Brown used to say to us when he was coaching us. And so for him, the impact that he had on us was was tremendous. And uh, we're very thankful for that. So let's fast forward to Monday night. It's just at that time, 1988, it was just the third time in NCAA tournament history that two teams from the same conference would meet each other in the championship game. You know, you, you take on an Oklahoma team who was really good with a lot of pros and some amazing players. But, Dan, I wanted to ask you, you know, along the way, um, you guys lost to Kansas State – uh, you lost to Duke. You lost to Oklahoma. But I'm thinking that may have set you up for success because when you got to them again, you beat them. You know, that run that we had a chance to go on in the NCAA tournament in 1988, playing a lot of teams that we had a level of familiarity with was important for us because those are the film sessions that we're sitting in Coach Brown's office and he's breaking down the film and he's telling us what we have to do better, telling it what we have to improve upon, telling us what we have to add in order to beat these teams, and we see it, and we believe it. We believe if we correct our mistakes. We believe if we do a better job of taking care of the basketball or rebounding the ball or, more importantly, defending the basketball and defending as a team, that we could create a different outcome. And so for us to play teams that we were familiar with on that run was very uh, comforting for us in the sense of knowing scouting report, knowing personnel. So, you know, that, that definitely played into our hands. And then you get to the championship game and you play up against a team coached by the great Billy Tubbs, and they're so talented when you look at that team of Stacey King, Mookie Blaylock, Harvey Grant, Dave Seeger, the list goes on. They were so talented and so much fun to play up against because you knew when you played up against an Oklahoma team, it was going to be fast-paced, a lot of action, a lot of points were going to be scored. And when the game was over, you were going to be sitting in the locker room exhausted because of the way that you have to compete against a team like Oklahoma. You had, Danny, one of the greatest championship games ever with 31 points, 18 rebounds. You had five steals. Did you sense early on uh, that you were in that zone ready to play a fabulous game? You know, we we huddled up on the court as we left the locker room. Before we actually stepped on the court, in the bowels of the building, we said, man, let's go play. Let's just go leave it all out there on the line. We're not expected to do much here. Only ones expecting us to win are our fans, the people that are supporting Kansas, and our team. And so for us, we just wanted to go out there and compete, play at a high level, do whatever we could to put our team in a situation to be successful, and we were able to do that. And so for me, um, that's, that's how I look at it. You know, I look at the guys on my team that 
didn't receive a lot of attention. But, you know, understand basketball is a team game. And the reason that we won that championship is because that night we were the best team. They will be forever known as Danny and the Miracles, a national championship in 1988. And we're speaking with Danny Manning, our Naismith Player of the Year that year. Danny, you turned to coaching uh, after this, after a magnificent pro career um, in the NBA. And I just have to ask you, how how are you? How's the family uh, with this crazy pandemic ongoing? Um, family, we're doing very well. My, my children are adults now and living their lives. And so getting a chance to visit with them um, as much as we've been able to during the pandemic because it shut down so much. And so we've got more extended time with our kids, which is always a blessing. And now, you know, my wife and I, Julie, we're doing well. We get a chance to come back and visit our families that are in Kansas on a regular basis and enjoy life. You know, I want to continue to be involved in the game of basketball. It's been so good to me. It's given me a chance to experience a lot of different things across this world, travel to a lot of different places and provide for my family. And I still want to be involved in the game. But right now, during this break, I'm really enjoying it. You know, I know you stay in constant contact with your colleagues. Uh, The head coaches are, as we record this on Tuesday, the scramble is on to get practice going, to get schedules finalized. Uh, There's a lot going on. Uh, trying to play games on college campuses with this pandemic. Uh, what's your takeaways, Danny, of, of what's happening on the college scene as we speak? Well, I think the first thing that I, you know the coaches are, are trying to maintain is, is a level of excellent culture and, and team bonding and team chemistry because so much of what's going on now is dependent on what you were doing during the early parts of the pandemic. You know, how are you building your team chemistry? How are you staying in touch with your players? How is your staff recruiting the young people that you needed to come into your program? And I think all that will, will come into play as we move forward. And then also the, the, the mental the mental health piece of, you know, you've got teenagers that have been basically cooped up in in one environment for quite some time and making sure that they have the discipline needed once they step on the college campus to go to the places that they're only supposed to go to. And that's going to be hard for a lot of college kids because they want to see their buddies. They want to see their friends. They want to hang out. And that's part of what college is all about. And so a lot of those guys are having tough times navigating that with their players because of making sure they they need to understand the discipline needed for us to have a season. Because if you look right now with the football season that's going on, and I'm not saying anything negative, but, you know, if if one case pops up, you don't know how that's going to affect the rest of your team. You don't know how contact tracing, you don't know how that sickness is going to travel. And you could probably lose some games in a situation like that. And that's something that none of those guys want to experience. But unfortunately, it could possibly happen. Wise words indeed, uh, Danny Manning. And uh, we'll see you back in our great game very, very soon. But it sure was fun going back and reliving a lot of great memories. And and we can't thank you enough for taking time out. And we wish you, your family, and uh, all that's ahead, nothing but the best for you. And thanks so much for being a part of the Naismith family. I appreciate you having me and all the best to you as well. Danny Manning was named the 1988 NCAA Final Four Most Outstanding Player en route to leading the Jayhawks, dubbed Danny and the Miracles, 
to an 83-79 victory over Oklahoma for the 1988 National Championship. He was also named the MVP of the Midwest Regional in both 86 and 88. A Jayhawk legend, Danny is Kansas' all-time leading scorer and rebounder, scored nearly 3,000 points in his college career. The 1988 Naismith Player of the Year, Danny Manning from Kansas. Great catching up with him. That will do it for this week. Thanks so much for joining us. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you here next week on a Trophy Live podcast from Atlanta. Bob Rathbun saying so long.